0: Hello, welcome to The Servative Hour, an hour of political commentary. Your calls are most welcome. Phone number here is 402-474-5086. It is a call-in-talk radio show, but not a call-in-talk radio show that's of the movement that calls itself conservative. Although, certainly welcome calls from conservatives, they can say how wonderful the conservative movement is, its ideology and agenda. Be glad to hear that. Now, the topic for this December 6th, 2022 is the Kerry versus Klebe kerfuffle and other things going on in Nebraska politics. Now, kerfuffle is defined as a commotion or fuss, especially one caused by conflicting views, such as there was a kerfuffle over the chairmanship. Say noun, says it has British origins. And the kerfuffle we're talking about comes from a headline. Carrie asks name be removed from Nebraska Democratic event after dispute with Klebe. That's an article from today's paper. But there's some other news going on, so... I want to announce something that I was watching, listening to before getting here. Those interested in politics were probably also watching and listening, reading the results. <clears throat> Raphael Warnock defeats Herschel Walker in Georgia Senate runoff. And getting ready to leave, it was back and forth who was in the lead. This is by Emma Hurt from Axios.com. Just going to read the first couple of lines from it. <clears throat> Georgia Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock has fended off a challenge from Republican Herschel Walker in a December runoff, clinching a full term in the chamber, the AP reported. Why it matters. Warnock's victory expands Democrats' Senate majority to 51 seats, bolstering their ability to move judicial nominations through the confirmation process and easing the procedural burden of a 50 50 Senate. Now that's all I'm going to read from that. A little bit more on that. Needed <clears throat> from Vox.com. Raphael Warnock is officially Democrats' 51st senator. Here's why that matters. Warnock's win gives Democrats more power in the upper chamber. It's by Liz Yao uh, from December 6, 2022. Senator Raphael Warnock, a Democrat, also pastor at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church has won the Georgia runoff, giving Democrats an even larger and more powerful majority in the Senate. <clears throat> in a closely contested election, Warnock defeated former football star Herschel Walker, Republican, winning 50.6% of the vote to the Republicans' 49.4% As of an Associated Press call late Tuesday evening. (coughs) And that's all I'm going to read about that, because of course the topic is (coughs) things going on in Nebraska politics, and starting off with the Kerry versus Klebe kerfuffle. Now, when I first saw an article, Part A of this, which was a headline, Nebraska Democrats Urge State Party to Campaign More Moderately in Future Elections, and then some of the comments people were making about it. I did comment, and I also commented this on the Journal Star website for this article, I may have changed the wording slightly, (coughs) but I did type. I suspected before reading it that this article would be specifics-free. Who or what persons or ideas do they think should either duck down further in the boat or be thrown overboard entirely, using define-it-in-your-own-mind terms like moderate, progressive, or left- just leave me thinking that nobody dares say what they're actually talking about, either out of politeness or cowardice' sake. Now, to read the article, and you can judge for yourself if it's ever said exactly what uh, person, policy, or idea... Their critics would like to see done differently. Because I can't find them at all. <coughs> Nebraska Democrats urge state party to campaign more moderately in future elections. What do they mean, more moderately? What, what do you mean by that? <coughs> I mean, I suppose you can fill in the blank with your own imaginings or what's most commonly said but it's not really taking a stand yourself to put it that way <coughs> this is by Aaron Bammer from November 28th 2022 from Omaha.com I also saw the same article and headline on the uh, journal Star.com <coughs> Lincoln After yet another election where Nebraska Democrats failed to claim top elected offices, several prominent party figures say the state party needs to take a more moderate tone when pitching its candidates to voters. But the current party chair and others contend Nebraska Democrats are already doing just that, and criticism to the contrary doesn't match the reality on the ground. The diverging diagnoses represent the latest disagreement in a party that's seen its share in recent years, though party members said the rift doesn't rise anywhere near the level seen across the political aisle in the state GOP. The dispute was on display earlier this month when former U.S. Senator Bob Kerry, in a KETV interview, described the state's party as pathetic. Nebraska Democratic Party chairwoman Jane Kleb called Kerry's m- remarks a slap in the face. In an interview with the World Herald, Kerry stood by his criticisms and said the state party painted the Democratic candidates in the midterm terms as more radical than they actually are. Kerry, who also served a term as Nebraska governor in the 1980s, pointed to neighboring states like Colorado where Democrats are successfully flipping historically Republican districts. He said Democrats could have made similar strides in Nebraska following President Joe Biden's win in the 2nd Congressional District in 2020, but the state party is failing to capitalize on the opportunity. Kerry, along with former Governor Ben Nelson, the last Democrat to hold the office in Nebraska, suggested the party increase focus on pulling moderate voters to their side. But, of course, he never says how, exactly, Neither of them do, other than to be more uh, moderate, whatever is meant by that. But moderate about what? Anyway, following a tumulus state GOP convention this summer that led to a mass exodus of party leadership, which Nelson described as a coup... he said many moderate Republicans are uncomfortable by the more extreme direction the party is headed and may be more willing to vote for Democrats. Nelson said he used a similar strategy during his two successful bids for U.S. Senate. He said he put significant effort into reaching out to what he called enlightened Republicans which he believes contributed to his narrow victory against Republican Don Stenberg in 2000 and his overwhelming victory against current Governor Pete Ricketts in 2006. The same feat is possible for Democrats today, he said. Quote, In order to get there, the Democrats have to be enlightened as well, Nelson said. However, Cleves said the party is already focused on reaching voters in the middle. She pointed to the change in party rules a few years ago to allow independent voters to cast votes in primary elections, and said Kerry has offered no examples of the party making candidates appear more radical. Well, no, he hasn't given any examples. Quote, <clears throat> All shades of blue are welcome in our party, Kleeb said. Gary D. Silvestro, campaign manager for Greg Gonzalez's unsuccessful bid for Douglas County Sheriff, agreed with Kleeb. He described Gonzalez as a moderate Democrat and said the state party didn't portray him as anything different. However, he said GOP attack ads largely funded by Ricketts, did paint Gonzales as a more radical figure. Looking back on the race, he said he wished the state party had a stronger response to those ads, as he said they were both, quote, false and devastating. Gonzales lost his race against Republican Aaron Hansen by fewer than 1,100 votes. <clears throat> Ricketts contributed nearly $4 million to political campaigns and groups this year, including almost 530000 to a new PAC called the, quote, Nebraska Future Action Fund, which in turn spent over $158,000 on efforts opposing Gonzales's campaign. Kerry, Nelson, and Klebe cited funding as a major advantage Nebraska Republicans have over Democrats, particularly Ricketts money. <coughs> we literally worked miracles in the midterms with the resources that we have, Klebe said. Another, <coughs> another advantage favoring Republicans is math. Democrats have seen their share of registered voters in Nebraska fall over the past two decades from 36.2% at the time of the 2000 general election to to 27.8% just ahead of this most recent election. Meanwhile, Republicans have largely held steady with 49.5% in 2000 and 48.8% this year. The share of registered nonpartisans, often called independents, increased from 14.1% in 2000 to 21.6% this year. The math issue bore out on the ballot where Democratic candidates decided to run for nearly every statewide effective office this year, with the exception of Governor. Republicans ran... Oh, I misread that... The math issue bore out on the ballot, where a Democratic candidate declined to run for nearly every statewide elective office this year, with the exception of Governor. Republicans ran unopposed or against third-party candidates in the recent races for Secretary of State, Attorney General, Auditor of Public Accounts, and State Treasurer. Democrats did field candidates for all three congressional races and came close to winning in the most competitive of those contests, the 2nd Congressional District. State Senator Tony Vargas lost by less than 3 percentage points to incumbent Representative Don Bacon. The battleground of Nebraska's 2nd District has birthed debates in both in the past among Democrats over ideology and what it takes to win. In 2018, Democratic candidate Kara Eastman's narrow loss to Bacon led some to theorize that a more moderate Democrat would have won the district during what turned out to be a Democratic wave election nationally. Eastman ran on a progressive platform, and her campaign eschewed the idea that a Democratic candidate could convince moderate Republicans to cross the aisle. She ran and lost to Bacon, again in 2020, the same election that saw Biden carry Nebraska's second district, meaning voters chose a Republican for Congress and a Democrat for the White House. Eastman, who in 2021 took a job leading a Chicago-based nonprofit recently stirred a debate online after she tweeted that it was time for new Democratic leadership in Nebraska. She did not respond to a request for comment. Nebraska Democrats are touting their success on the state legislative level. Registered Democrats maintain their hold on 17 seats in the officially nonpartisan Nebraska legislature. Denying the Republicans the filibuster-proof majority, they will likely need to advance more divisive legislation in the upcoming session. And CLABE is encouraged by improvements between national entities and the state party. In the final four months before election day this year, the state party received nearly $520,000 combined between the Democratic National Committee and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, money that Klebe said was mostly for the second congressional district race. She said engagement from the national party is the best it's ever been. (coughs) Klebe said the state Democratic Party hopes to capitalize on this by increasing party staff to work on competitive districts year-round, not just right before an election. She has put in a request to the Democratic National Committee for funding to hire one organizer each for the first, second, first and second congressional districts, which she said the National Party is most interested in supporting. This would increase the number of state party staff from four to six. I think we're going to get it, Klebe said. Yeah. That article can be found under the headline, what is the headline, scrolling up, long article, Nebraska Democrats urge state party to campaign more moderately in future elections. And that can be found on Omaha.com and coincidentally also on uh, journalstar.com as well. It's now 11.23 p.m. Central Standard Time. And the topic for this show is uh, the Kerry versus Klebe kerfuffle and other things going on in Nebraska politics. Phone number is 402 4745086 call in you'll be live on the air to state your point of view Carrie asks name be removed from Nebraska Democratic event after a dispute with Klebe. spy <clears throat> Don Walton from December 6th 2022 journalstar.com Former Senator Bob Kerry has asked that his name be removed from the title of the Nebraska Democratic Party's major fundraising event following a dispute with Democratic State Chairwoman Jane Cleeb over the state of the party. We will honor his request, Cleeb said, and change the name of what is now known as the kerry Nelson Dinner named to honor Kerry and former Senator Ben Nelson, both of whom also served as governor. Last month, Kerry described the state of the Nebraska Democratic Party as pathetic, suggesting that its candidates need to be more, quote, middle of the road, Leeb's response included a quote sentence that got my attention, Kerry wrote in a subsequent note to the chairwoman, citing her words quote, These types of articles hurt recruitment, hurt fundraising, and hurt morale. This is what those of us who criticized the war in Vietnam were told, Kerry wrote. Oh my. Your use of this language as a means to stop public criticism caused me to rethink my consent to have my name associated with the Democratic Party's annual fundraiser. Kerry, who was seriously wounded in combat in Vietnam as a Navy SEAL officer, wrote, Your defensive response and use of the language of former President Nixon Lead me to inform you that I insist that my name be removed from this event. (coughs) Oh boy, he's pulling out Vietnam and Nixon. Kerry noted that he had previously suggested that he, quote, did not think it was a good idea, unquote, to change the name of the Democratic fundraising event from Morrison to Kerry Nelson when that occurred. The dinner had previously been named in honor of former Governor Frank Morrison and former Senator Jim Exon, who also served as governor. I simply do not want to be associated with a state party that is led by someone who views criticism as a mortal sin. Carrie wrote Klebe. Well, now, I think she just said that uh, saying the... State party was pathetic, hurts uh, recruitment, fundraising, and morale. Which uh, it's just my opinion here. But I don't think that's uh, saying criticism is a mortal sin. It depends on, yeah. You know, matter of uh, judgment on that. Carrie said she, you know, what you consider a mortal sin and what you consider a uh, Fair criticism Kleeb said she preferred not to respond directly to Kerry's remarks while suggesting that she has been successful in quote bringing significant resources to support Nebraska's Democratic candidates who face challenging contests in the political atmosphere that currently dominates the state And uh, yeah, that's all. On that article there. However, there's another issue where Jane Klebe did have a response. Uh, press release, Klebe responds to Ricketts' plan to seek U.S. Senate seat. And in case you hadn't heard about that, Governor Ricketts now says he'll be an applicant for vacant U.S. Senate seat. Governor disputes that his appointment is a done deal and payback from a political ally. Hmm. Well, I guess he has to say that. Uh, oh, the Servative Hour is followed by the Groove Machine, which is on from midnight until 2 a.m. Wednesday morning. That's the Groove Machine with uh, Christian rock music for your listening enjoyment and edification now governor ricketts now says he'll be an applicant for vacant u.s senate seat this is from examiner.com the nebraska examiner by paul hamill from december 6th 2022 from today lincoln after playing coy for more than two months governor pete ricketts said tuesday he will apply for the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Ben Sass. For me, it came down to a single question. How can I best serve the people of Nebraska and advance our conservative values? Ricketts said in a statement. Huh. Let's say, how can I buy my way to higher office using the billions of dollars I have at my disposal? All right. Oh, and do it without having, uh, needing to get voted into office for the Senate. Later in the morning, the 58-year-old Republican fended off questions about whether his appointment was a, quote, done deal, as many speculate, since it will be decided by Governor-elect Jim Pillen. Ricketts endorsed Pillen and contributed $1.3 million to Pillen's campaign, Victory during a highly contested GOP spring primary. An applicant like everybody else. <clears throat> Quote, I'll make my case on why I'm the best applicant, because he has billions of dollars. I'll make my case on why I'm the best applicant when I have a chance to talk to Governor elect Pillen about it, Ricketts said at a morning press conference on a different subject. Jane Klebe, the chair of the Nebraska Democratic Party, called Ricketts' pursuit, quote, the state's most obvious pay-to-play case in a tweet Tuesday morning. Ricketts, whose family owns the Chicago Cubs and founded TD Ameritrade, rejected that when asked the same question by a reporter at the morning news conference, he said that he had been friends and a political ally with Pillen for two decades, didn't know about the vacancy until shortly before SAS's announcement in October, and that he will be, quote, an applicant like everybody else. <clears throat> yeah, if everybody else has, you know, tens of billions of dollars. Or is it hundreds with TD Ameritrade? Probably. Quote, I love this state and would love to look for additional ways to help the people of Nebraska, and this may be one of those opportunities, the governor said. Ricketts, who unsuccessfully ran for U.S. Senate in 2006, said in his press statement that the decision came after many hours of prayer and family discussion. Mm. Yet, yeah. sure. Delivering results. Quote, Over the last eight years, we've shown the world the real impact conservative leadership can have, Ricketts said. I want to continue delivering results for our state, fighting to reduce taxes, grow our economy, defend our liberties, and run government more like a business. It has been widely speculated that the Senate Post is Ricketts if he wanted it. Pillen announced Monday that he was seeking applicants and that he wanted to fill the vacancy quickly. He set a December 23rd deadline for applications. When Sasse's pending resignation became public in October, Ricketts said he would defer the appointment of a replacement to Pillen, who takes office January 5th, three days before Sasse's resignation takes effect. deferred decision. Ricketts, in a statement, then said, If I choose to pursue the appointment, I will leave the appointment decision to the next governor and will follow the process established for all interested candidates. Since then, the state's top Republican has stuck to that script, saying he would defer to Pillen. I would love to remain involved in policy and politics, Ricketts told a caller to his monthly call-in show two weeks ago. Some Republicans have spoken out against Ricketts getting the appointment. In a recent submitted column in the Omaha World Herald, Jeremy Aspen wrote that it looks, quote, tawdry and inappropriate that Ricketts would attain such a position via appointment rather than via an election. Ricketts said that vacancies in the U.S. Senate are filled by appointment, unlike vacancies in the House of Representatives, which are filled via special election. Quote, This is the process, he said. But others, including State Senator Lou Ann Linhan of Elkhorn, a political ally, have said there is no one more qualified for the job than Ricketts. One other candidate. <clears throat> Even before the ink dried Monday on Sass's official resignation letter, one candidate threw his hat into the ring. Retired Lieutenant Colonel John Weaver of Omaha, he was an unsuccessful candidate for U.S. Congress this year, Weaver wrote to Pillen that he would represent conservative values if selected. Last month, the University of Florida Board of Governors voted to affirm SAS's appointment as the next president of the university in Gainesville, Florida. SAS, 50, had served as president of Midland University in Fremont before he was elected to the Senate in 2014. His first day at Florida will be January 6th. And... Uh, an article can be found under the headline: Governor Ricketts now says he'll be an applicant for vacant U.S. Senate seat. Ooh, what a surprise! Then, as I said, a press release from press release from the NebraskaDemocrats.org Nebraska Democratic Party. Klebe responds to Ricketts' plan to seek U.S. Senate seat. This is also from today, December 6th, 2022. Nebraska Democratic Party Chair Jane Kleeb issued the following statement Tuesday after Republican Governor Pete Ricketts announced that he would seek the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by GOP Senator Ben Sass. Quote, Governor Ricketts brought us Governor Ricketts bought this U.S. Senate seat. He tried to win against Senator Ben Nelson with his parents' money in 2006, and the voters rejected him two to one, Klebe said. Now in the state's most obvious pay-to-play case, Ricketts will be able to call himself a senator. Sass is resigning to become the next president of the University of Florida, Ricketts must leave office in January due to term limits. Republican Governor-elect Jim Pillen, who was supported by massive spending from Ricketts for election, will appoint Sasse's replacement. And uh, it's a call-in show, if you'd like to call in. Phone number is 402-474-5086. Let's see other things going on in state politics. Group led by State Senator Adam Moorfeld launches effort to fight political, quote, extremism and misinformation. This is on Examiner.com, the Nebraska Examiner by Cindy Gonzalez from December 5th, 2022. A Nebraska coalition of lawyers, educators, and advocates on Monday launched an effort to battle what it views as extremism and misinformation against educators, public officials, and members of the LGBTQ community. Led in part by State Senator Adam Morfield of Lincoln, the group of about 10 announced the creation of the Nebraska Legal Action Fund which aims to use, quote, all the legal tools at our disposal to protect Nebraskans and expose extremists, their tactics, and misinformation. <clears throat> quote, these tactics are dangerous to our democracy, influence the outcome of elections, and create a toxic political environment, Morfeld said. He added that the time without financial and legal consequences, quote, has come to an end. One board member of the new Legal Action Fund, Danielle Helzer, recently lost a bid for the officially nonpartisan State Board of Education. She was defeated by a Republican candidate endorsed by Protect Nebraska Children, a conservative political action committee created to halt, for example, what became a controversial comprehensive sex education program. (coughs) Uh, Quote, Throughout my campaign, teachers, administrators, and board members shared stories of being defamed and harassed for simply doing their job to ensure schools were welcoming for every student, said Helzer, a former public school teacher. These tactics are pushing good folks out of schools during a national staffing crisis and are preventing everyday people from running for elected office. Moorfeld, a Democrat who narrowly lost a bid for Lancaster County attorney earlier this month, is chairman and founder of the new legal action fund. He said educators and candidates reached out to him with their own stories of misinformation and defamation. He said that Nebraskans of all political backgrounds are welcome to join the efforts and to donate. The action fund named three focus areas— On legal advocacy, it is to provide a network of attorneys that can file legal claims with financial assistance from the fund. On education, it is to publish relevant information on its extremist watch page and newsletter. On investigations, it is to research the operation and funding sources of who the group views as extremists. And that article can be found on NebraskaExaminer.com under the headline, Group led by State Senator Adam Moorfeld Launches Effort to Fight Political Quote Extremism and Misinformation. And uh, let me see if I can find something from... Yes, from Seeing Red Nebraska... An article relating to some uh, extremism and misinformation directed at uh, State Senator Adam Moorfield from seeingrednebraska.com. The headline, K-L-I-N broadcasts scurious rape accusation to benefit Republican incumbent Pat Clondon. This is from November 5th, 2022. (coughs) And uh, it says, uh, On November 2nd, operatives with the new and improved Nebraska Republican Party posted something that might seem alarming. Adam Morfeld, Democratic candidate for Lancaster County attorney, has supposedly been accused of a sex crime, and LPD is sitting on it to protect him, they said. However, LPD says no such claims are under investigation. Then on November 4th, KLIN's Jack Riggins interviewed an alleged victim and broadcast her scurrilous accusations to the city four days before the election. It says, uh, please, please read on. It says, At the end of this post are audio files to compare the voice of the woman Riggins interviewed with the voice of the woman who threatened retaliation against Moorfield after he cut off communication with her when she verbally abused his staff. We will be sending KLIN an invoice for our research and fact-checking services since they conveniently lacked both before airing a shameless hit job on behalf of Pat Condon. Says uh, we believe that women should be heard. Heard, that is, until you realize this accuser is a notorious local psychopath, NLP, with a years-long track record of trying to blank on anyone who in her own demented mind has crossed her in some way, real or imagined. And then it goes on to... uh, spell that out, and that can be found under the headline, K-L-I-N broadcast scurrilous rape accusation to benefit Republican incumbent Pat Condon. And also, this uh, (coughs) K-L-I-N broadcaster broadcasting uh, scurrilous rape accusations to benefit Republican Pat Condon also has uh, been on a campaign against our mayor so i will finish up with uh something about the mayor it's from dennis crawford uh, off of medium denniscrawford.medium.com it's a uh, re-elect learon gaylor baird mayor of lincoln <clears throat> and this is uh Lincoln Mayor Larion Gaylor-Baird recently announced her intention to seek a second term as mayor. Mayor, Gair, Gaylor Lair, mayor Gaylor-Baird will be running on a record of accomplishment because Lincoln is thriving. Gaylor-Baird launched her reelection campaign by giving a lengthy interview to the Nebraska Examiner. The pertinent excerpts were as follows. And, well, maybe I'll get to this article next time because uh, we out of time. Anyway, this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and good night to you all.